Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. So glad you're here. I am so excited for today's episode. I have Christy from X Knows All pop culture commentator. She does a lot of like the fun early 2000s celebs that we love, like Selena, Hilary Duff. She did an episode on Laguna Beach, and we're going to talk about the hills today, which I'm so excited. We talk about mainly Spencer Pratt and his new series on TikTok, which now has a name. It's called The Spills, which I think is really cute. He's actually so funny and really made for TV. And I don't think people see that because he is like a huge evil mon. And I feel like all of his bad qualities override all of his good qualities, which like, I guess that's how it should be but he's actually so funny and I've been enjoying I'm watching with a critical eye I feel like we give him a lot of credit in this episode so we are fully prepared to be canceled and he talks a lot of shit about like Audrina Lauren and Whitney which I don't like because I really like those girls but you just know he's like made for Hollywood and he's made for TV so we talk about his TikTok. We talk about Amanda Bynes's conservatorship. She just applied for it to be revoked. And then I also wanted to let you know that I did a bonus episode this week on Love is Blind season two with Sophie from Unpaid Emotional Labor. And we're gonna be covering the reunion next week. So there'll be a video version on Sophie's Patreon and then the audio only version on the RTBP feed. And I just wanted to say, if you want us to cover anything that we didn't in bonus episode 16 from the series proper, or if you want us to cover anything specific from the reunion, from Reddit, from, you know, the public reactions, from the Instagram posts and stories that we've seen from the cast, slide into either of our DMs and we would love to, you know, chat about what you want covered too. So let's get to my conversation with Christy. I'm back with a very special guest. Christy from X Knows All is here. Christy, how are you? Hi, Tori. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for joining me. I've literally, well, I binged, I think, your like first, (laughs) what, four episodes. You tagged me in a post on Instagram and I'm like so grateful. (laughs) No, it was like (laughs) my creepiness allowed us to create this this beautiful friendship. So thank you so much for having me on. It's truly an honor and a pleasure. Oh my gosh, thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast. Sure. Um, so I have just started podcasting specifically with X Knows All. So I've only had four or five episodes released so far, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. I've always been super into celebrity culture since I was a little kid. Like literally since I was six, my first inception of celebrity culture was the Olsen twins. And it's been Mm. a fervent passion of mine ever since. Uh, So I decided, you know, anytime something crazy happens with pop culture, I always have my friends and my DMs and coworkers asking me like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So I figured, you know, why not have a platform where I can talk about these things in real time and also deep dive into the celebrities that like I've always been interested in, but I don't know. There's not, I don't see that there's much of a platform for like specific millennial type early 2000s celebs. I don't know. There's just not a lot of deep dives on the internet about them. So I figured why not have a podcast to do it myself? Um, So far I've covered the Olsen twins, Hillary Duff, the Call Her Daddy drama. What else? Laguna Beach, Selena Gomez. So yeah, it's been it's been really fun. 
It's so fun. Yeah, I love revisiting people like the Olsen twins. Like, what a throwback. But they, you're right. Like, they had such an impact on our, like, growing up and our childhood. It's like, of course I want to talk about them and listen about them. <laughs> exactly. They're, and the thing is, they're so mysterious, too. Like, they don't do any press anymore. I think the last interview they did was maybe, I don't know, maybe 2014. So it's just the mystery kind of leads to the allure and, like, the interest. It piques my interest so much because they have no social media. They never do press. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm always curious what the goings-on of them are today because they were so public in the early onset of their career. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk with you today about – our uh, medley of topics. Yes. Oh my God. We have so much fun stuff on the docket. We're going to talk about Spencer Pratt from the Hills and his new foray into TikTok. We're going to talk about Amanda Bynes attempting to end her conservatorship. And then we have a Pettyweight Champ of the Week and a This Week in Petty story. So let's get into it. We are both huge fans of the Hills. Huge huge have you been watching just like a little side tangent have you been watching Whitney Ports and her husband Timmy's recaps of the hills and Laguna Beach on YouTube so I follow the Laguna Beach and the hills reddits while I'm not necessarily like watching her YouTube videos I do see snippets and I I know what the goings on are over there I think it's really interesting because she just I guess came out with a video of her and Timmy addressing the fact that a lot of viewers are saying why are you two being so shady towards Lauren Conrad like yes I guess that a lot anytime they're re-watching these old clips of the hills and Laguna Timmy's always seen rolling his eyes and Whitney's also kind of just they just seem very dismissive of LC and people are kind of questioning the fact that like she's kind of the person that gave you all the platform and now you're kind of like shading her online for everyone to see like a decade later uh, I thought that was really interesting because I know that when LC had her podcast um, I forgot what it's called it was like had a short run oh, yes. yes yes it, it was yeah it, I mean it was fine it was very like on brand for her like the light like rose kind of colored glass it just seemed very put together mm-hmm. it wasn't crazy but I remember she had Whitney on a get uh, on as a guest and they were talking about how despite that the fact that they don't really keep in touch all the time that they're glad they went through the experience of being on the show together and they were always allies on the show etc and then like no more than a year later when he's seen shading her on like her channel it's just I don't love it to be honest what are your thoughts yeah so it's interesting because I feel like they weren't shady towards Lauren when they recapped the city and even like some of the early seasons of the hills but I feel like especially when they started their Laguna Beach recaps they've been like really shady towards her so I don't know if they like had something go on in the interim like maybe Lauren was like hey can you like stop these or like I don't love this or something like that and then they've kind of like soured towards her but I feel like they were like pretty objective and fair but like they've gotten a little shady I also think like I love Lauren Conrad but I don't think she's like a perfect human and I think that's the other piece that I found with like re-watching the hills and stuff through these recaps is just like I actually didn't love like a lot of her behavior (laughs) and you were kind of saying were you when you did your Laguna Beach deep dive you were team Kristen right I think now I'm definitely team Kristen when I was a young kid watching Laguna I was hardcore team LC and I think yeah I haven't actually like done a full rewatch of the hills um I've done like snippets of like watching Laguna episodes here and there but rewatching like what I have of Laguna it's clear to me watching as an adult that Kristen was just a confident 
confident young woman that I think a lot yes. of people her age at the time, like I don't even have that confidence as a you know a 30 year old, let alone yes. have that kind of confidence as a 17 Same. year old. So it's really <laughs> refreshing to see Kristen having like, for lack of a better term, big dick energy. And then you have Elsie mm-hmm. that's kind of, they really played it up as like her being the quiet, shy, timid, nice girl, whereas Kristen was this bitch. But I think knowing what we know now about how reality TV is edited, it's very clear that like they were putting them into two very distinct buckets and that did I don't know. And I've actually met, I mentioned this really briefly on my podcast, but I've met Lauren and she was just not mm. nice. Like, I know you said that. Yeah. yeah. She, just, she just doesn't have good energy. So I don't know. I'm kind of a Kristen stan now, but. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I feel like she's like a little snobby and a little bit like too like control freaky. Like you're talking about her. You mentioned her podcast and it was like, yeah, it was like a recorded production. Nothing was like a genuine conversation. It was like really overproduced and like maybe that's why it just like didn't take off. Yeah. I think that people people are really wanting to see like more realness and rawness from Mm -hmm. influencers and celebrities and Lauren Conrad is still in like the early 2000s girl boss type energy Mm -hmm. that I think isn't really selling anymore like if you even look at her Instagram it's so curated it's like the same like uh preset and I mean I guess that's fine you have to have some kind of aesthetic but she never shows Mm -hmm. any like rawness or like just she never seems tumultuous she seems so Martha Stewart to where it's like I don't feel Mm -hmm. people relate to her as much as they once did when we were younger 100% and I kind of feel like that too I feel like I've got one foot in the like that elder millennial camp like Lauren wanting to be like just present yourself in a particular way and then I have one foot in the like Emma Chamberlain Gen Z like raw realness on the internet I I know (laughs) it's it's like that Gen Z like their version of Laguna is TikTok, I guess. It's like the Addison Rays and the Emma, Chamber- mm-hmm. Emma Chamberlains and Olivia Rodrigo's and Sabrina Carpenter's of the world. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. 100%. So let's talk about TikTok and Spencer Pratt. So like only like a week ago, like this is really recent, but there's like a thousand videos that I forced myself to watch for this podcast. But Spencer He's always had a TikTok, but like really started to post on it. And he has been doing like kind of live reacts, quick takes on the hills. And I feel like he's spilling a lot of tea. And to be honest, like I believe a lot of it. What do you think about it? 100%. I think... Spencer is nothing but consistent. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm, From mm-hmm. when The Hills was at its peak in like 2007 to now, he's always felt the tea. I think he's really based his career on being just a degenerate, which I I mean, as a celebrity reality TV connoisseur, I, I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I think that everything he's, he's laying out, I don't think he would ever sugarcoat anything, which is, which is nice. And I think he understands the assignment. He's the reason why mm-hmm. the Hills New Beginnings even started to air because he was yep. presented it to MDB and was like, listen, I think we have something a decade later that fans would be interested in. Like he understands what he needs to do to make it fun, to make it reality TV, you know? So I, I'm so glad you did like a deep dive on all these because there's so much we need to talk through about that. Yes, seriously. And yeah, I totally think you're right. And I want to preface this conversation with being like, I think Spencer Pratt is a piece of shit. Like, I don't like, I think he is a bad person. I feel like he is evil. I feel like he is calculated. I don't like a lot of his views on stuff. But what I will say is he is made for reality TV. And like, mm-hmm. look at his background. He was an executive producer on The Princess of Malibu. I'm pretty sure he pitched that show. I'm sure he did. Yes. And like, which was, um, if you 
don't know, that was Brody and Brandon Jenner's reality TV show that Spencer was on and like David Foster was on and it like, always leads just, back to the Fosters. There's always it Fosters. always leads back to the Fosters. Every celebrity has some kind of connection to the Fosters, I'm sure of it. It's wild, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but literally, yeah, he's just made for this world, and I, but I I do want to preface, like, I think you can be evil and still good at stuff, and, like, this is what he's good at. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah, he, he's, he was meant to be a reality TV star, and I think, I didn't look this up, and I should have, but how old was he when Princes of Malibu began? I'd imagine what? He was like, really young. Young. Like, who does that? that? As an executive yeah. producer, you know? Yeah, I think he was, like, in his like early to mid 20s because then when he met Heidi it was a few years after and she was like 20 and he was like 25 so it would have maybe he like say like was like 23 or whatever but I think that people like don't give him enough credit and it's like why am I trying to give this like bad person credit but like he's created so much content for us and like I think that yeah people don't give him enough credit for what he did for the hills So here are some of the things he's claiming on TikTok that he did for the TV show. So the first thing that really stuck out to me is that him and Brody were just, you know, two LA dudes and they were in the party scene and obviously Lauren and Heidi and Audrina are like going out to the popular clubs. Le do. Le do and area. Area. Yeah. And like all of these places that like I just wish I could be there like in 2006 or whatever. And um, he was just saying like how he basically inserted himself into the hills like Brody at the time was dating Nicole Richie and Spencer and him just like wanted to get on the show. So they just like went to the bars that they were at and just like inserted themselves into the situation I didn't know that actually and when I was reading you know your notes that you sent over I was like oh my god wait a minute Brody dated Nicole Richie I was like what the what the hell but I think it's genius like they again understanding the assignment knowing exactly what they needed to do to get to on top and look what they created they created this monster of reality tv show I truly cannot imagine what the hills would have looked like had those two not been into the picture because they were such a pinnacle part of the show and it's crazy that like they were never OG cast 100% and like think about the first season of the hills with like Brian and Jason and like those losers yes (laughs) compared to like the second season season and beyond like and okay I again I really do love Lauren and again I'm so grateful for what she has contributed to pop culture because she is like literally iconic and I think that she can carry a show like people were saying like Whitney couldn't carry the city but I think Lauren can carry a show but like I think it would have been boring or have fizzled out if we didn't have people like Spencer and Brody and Heidi on the hills agreed and then the other piece so like our introduction to Spencer on the hills is basically that he's seen Heidi and Spencer was talking about on the show that they weren't exclusive they were just dating each other and other people and he kind of alluded that she had a famous like actor boy not boyfriend but other man that she was dating on the side and So when we see him interacting with Audrina, like it's all set up 
slash she wasn't like actually mad because like they weren't exclusive right what that see this is all new information to me that is wild because these two deserve an emmy award yes like how were they able to play us so well i was convinced that because all i can think about and this might have been later on when they were actually exclusively dating but do you remember that one scene when lauren it was like you could tell it was the morning after and they were so hungover and i think heidi might have still been drunk and lauren was yelling at spencer on the phone and was like i had Mm -hmm. my best friend and cry mm-hmm. and Heidi clearly looked disturbed like she was so upset but I'd imagine that was later on when they actually were dating or maybe on the, the peak of like making it official but that is so crazy that they weren't actually exclusive at that point the whole Audrina thing the Pinkberry date that doesn't surprise me as much like because now mm-hmm. we know the hills was so contrived but damn they could have fooled me I thought they were fully like one true pair the two of them yeah, 100%. Yeah, so Spencer also said he never liked Audrina and the iconic Pinkberry date where he gets her like a single stem rose. Oh, the wet rose. Oh, I knew, I remember exactly what they were wearing too. She had like her Same. hair up. Oh my God, I told Oh my God, her hair. Look, And then she had like a huge headband and then yes. huge bug, black bug sunglasses. Like it's burned into my retina. Oh my God, I'm dying. I need to rewatch these episodes. Yes, the, the headband yeah. of it all. That's when headbands were such a moment. Do you remember? Because I know. Their walls are often gossip girl. Those were the times. Yeah, trust me. I was wearing the like thickest headband that you could ever find, which like, it's like I had a headache for three years straight. Pain like, is beauty. Pain is beauty. Okay. Oh my God. So funny. And um, yeah, so he was like, that date was filmed like way after a lot of this other stuff went down. So I think like what producers do to make, even like to like gaslight the characters in the show is like they tell some people that it's fake and set up and they don't tell other people so like maybe when Lauren was yelling on the phone she thought all of this was like real but like Heidi knows it's not like that's what I kind of think is like and that's why I think some of the acting or like some of the behavior doesn't seem like acting because it's like we just know different information I never thought of it like that. Like the producers are telling Heidi one thing, but they're Mm -hmm. choosing to omit certain information of Lauren so she can get seriously riled up. Yes. I totally believe that. That's kind of how they do that, right? Yes. I completely believe that. And it's, I remember there was this one, I don't know where I watched this like deleted scene, but remember that obviously that iconic fight, you know what you did when Lauren's in that white Mm -hmm. dress. I watched a deleted scene footage where before they got into that argument, you could hear Lauren like is taking off her mic and she's yelling at the producers and it's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Get her out of here. I don't want her around this space. I don't want to film with her. She was like screaming at the, like they had, it's interesting because they haven't developed these relationships with the producers behind the cameras and they almost entrust in them so much because they're telling them so much. It's like the bachelor, right? You trust yeah. the producer and you divulge so much information that you wouldn't normally share on national television, but you develop like a personal relationship. So it's like, Lauren at that time felt so betrayed because the producers were in like being so instrumental in getting them together in the same room when that was the last thing Lauren actually wanted. And she was like, and I read too that like Spencer was fighting for them to get more equal pay across the cast. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but like, I know Spencer was arguing behind the scenes, like when the Hills really started to take off, like saying, why is Lauren getting paid so much more than all of us? And we're the ones that are creating all the drama. We're the ones that are driving the the, the show. And Lauren was like, absolutely not. I do not want them getting paid nearly as much as I was. And I don't know like what the actual like per episode rate was that each of them were getting Mm -hmm. paid. Right. But I think Lauren was getting a significant amount more than everyone Mm -hmm. else was. That was like a bunch of tangents in one, but like, this is all just coming to me and like, 
uh, again, like I feel like Spidey was just, they were so taken advantage of. They really brought the show so forward. And now Spencer continues to reap off of the benefits of like spilling even more tea after the fact. 100%. So like, I do think a lot of the things that he's saying is true. And like, yes, I definitely think like maybe again, it's like this filmed 20 years ago or whatever. So it's like a lot of the things probably a hindsight is 2020. And it's like, you're remembering things differently and like all of these things so it's like everything I I do take with like a grain of salt but and like also it's like he's so clout chasey so it's like of course he's gonna say stuff to stay in the spotlight because like he wants to be famous and rich so badly and they like completely like uh, liquidated all of their money like so early mm-hmm. on so he's like gripping so tightly to get that lifestyle that they once had when they were what 25 26 Yes, and just had like millions of dollars yeah. to like blow through and and they they did yeah. essentially blow through it all and now they live like still like a extremely nice lifestyle but like just not as bougie as they like once were and stuff but so I also do get that he might conflate things to like get more views and have people on their podcasts talk about it like us but I do think that there is some truth to it. It's so funny so he's like there's two pieces of evidence or this is what kind of what he presented in his tiktok he's like so the scene where Heidi thinks she's pregnant is fake and they kind of walked through the scene where she takes a pregnancy test and Heidi was like yeah I'm like completely acting here like did not think I was pregnant at all and then Spencer was like well it's kind of gross that these like men that were producing the shows like in their 40s are asking this 20 year old girl who obviously has a lot riding on this show like can you do this pregnancy scare situation so like I feel like at that age you would just say yes to anything like that actually makes a lot of sense to me yeah they were so easily manipulated and I think MTV they monopolized on the fact that they could be they were so easily influenced these kids because they didn't know what they were doing they had never had jobs before they were fresh out of high school fresh out of college like they don't know the difference between right and wrong but I agree it is bizarre that an older man is instructing this 23 year old girl to fake a pregnancy it's it's slimy now I can't imagine Mm. like with that what is like a, an equivalent TV show where this could potentially this type of behavior could potentially occur again today? Like, well, I think about the Euphoria cast. Yeah, like this isn't a this is kind of apples to oranges, not apples to apples, but like with the nudity and like some of the like traumatizing scenes. It's like when you're an up and coming actor, you're not saying no to that, um, and like causing quote unquote trouble on set because you want to do well. Yeah, it is. It's exploiting on like young, young people that want to take their career further. I Totally. I, yeah, I would say Euphoria is a good dis- like comparison. And like, I think a lot of the shows that have like kids, like for some reason, I the first one I thought of was like Toddlers and Tierras or like Dance Moms or something like that. But I think like shows that have kids also like has the potential for like this to happen. And 
yeah, it just, it's really shitty when you think of like the, you know, the behind the scenes. It makes me feel bad to be a consumer of this content, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. honestly. But he was like, so I was drinking a Kirkland water bottle, like a Costco water bottle during the scene where Heidi comes into my car in the back of Bolt House Productions, like in the alleyway. And like, I would never drink Costco Kirkland water. He's a Voss guy. Um, He's a Voss guy. He's for sure a Voss guy. He's a Fiji water exclusive drinker. And he was like, so I like this proves that I was like hanging out with the crew in production right before this and like plotting out this like storyline and stuff. And I was like, that's like funny but I was like also I'm like I still believe you <laughs> I believe him I and like I I mentioned this in my Mary Kay and Ashley episode but he was the one who released that photo of Mary Kay when she was still in high school of her absolutely wasted and Spencer's in the back like oh yeah he sold it he sold it he? for yes. like, like $50,000 yeah. um, and it's he's evil he's but evil. a genius <laughs> exactly he, he knows what he's doing he's friends with the people behind the scenes he's friends with the TMZs of the world the producers you know this doesn't surprise me whatsoever yeah the other like dark thing that he talked about was like how at the time I guess Jersey Shore was also taking off it was near the time where Snooki got punched in the face um at the bar and literally the producers asked Spencer to punch Stephanie in the face Oh, no. I know. Like, and he was like, that's fucked up. Like, that's what they were like asking me to do. And then so he has, again, been posting this all on TikTok and Twitter and a person that worked on the hills tweeted in support of Spencer and just said like I'll forever back up your truth for the past five minutes I've been thinking about times where a lot of things shouldn't have been asked to happen or when the real situations where cast needed help or someone to listen were being ignored love you and Heidi for life that's very dark uh, I and I I'm trying to remember. So interestingly enough, this is like such a fangirl story. So with the Hills series finale, they did mm-hmm. this production at the Roosevelt Hotel, and I don't even know how the hell I got tickets, but I did. And me and my like best just friend, wait, just wait. Was this the one hosted by Jesse and Dan? Um, it was like it it was like the when everyone was like there was like the pool and everyone yes yes, yes. I was there I was there yes oh my god that's so and Lauren was wearing the green dress yes 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 oh my god that's so iconic but like that was hosted by Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek <gasps> oh almost see it's been so long I don't even remember that like I just remember it was I'm such a fangirl because I've been to so many events like this I, I've been to the VMAs like it's, it's, oh my it's god to get tickets, like you because they need the seat fillers but I remember that was an event where it was the bougiest event like they gave us food drinks everything was on the house like we all had seating it was it was lovely but I remember that at the series finale Heidi and Spencer were not on good terms at all with the, with the production so they weren't even invited right. and I remember there were allegations right. that Heidi was making against some executive, maybe not even an executive producer, but a producer, a crew member or a cameraman behind the scenes saying that she was being sexually harassed by someone in the crew. And that's why they weren't invited back. And they were having like a really, really um, tenuous relationship with MTV. So I'm curious, like whatever came out of that or if anything even did come out of that. But um, it's interesting now, like the relationship they have with MTV today. I mean, again, they were the ones that started The Hills New Beginning. So I'm sure things, they buried the hatchet. Clearly, it's just, I wonder what happened out of those allegations because those were pretty serious. I mean, they were in fact Super true. Serious. And yeah. uh, and I'm just reading like exactly this quote that you just said about, you know, where the cast in real situations needed help and it was often ignored. Like 
is her possible sexual assault allegation grouped into this? Like, is a producer yeah. acknowledging the fact that maybe something like that did perhaps occur? Maybe he's just talking about other events, but makes me think. I, I'm getting yeah. very, uh, like, nostalgic over all these old things that I'm forgetting. Me too. And, like, the other thing that I was thinking about is Jason with his drug and alcohol addiction. Like, we watched him clearly like struggling for years with drugs and alcohol and it was exploited on the tv show so like he was the first person that i thought of when it was like real situations where the cast needed help or someone to listen were being ignored like yeah he's another person that i just think of immediately have you have you been watching the hills new beginnings no i watched like the first three or four episodes of season one and then i just didn't pick it up again (laughs) I honestly would highly, I think season two was trash, but season one was actually like me and my roommate were obsessed because I think it, I mean, I'm praying to God that there was some realness to it, but you really saw like Jason has completely turned it around. Like he's made it his life's work to be like a mental health advocate for people struggling and um, with addiction. He talks, he's very open about his suicide attempts, how he hit rock bottom. And like, if you read our, if I like read articles on the fact, like when I was researching, when he started talking about it on the Hills New Beginnings, like what that looked like. And he said it all started when he started filming Laguna Beach and in the Hills. And he was, I mean, you can imagine how hard that is for someone who has a struggle with drugs and alcohol and to be invited to these like press parties and these club openings and you're getting paid to quite literally party. I mean, that still happens yes. today. And you're being offered, I'm sure like Coke in the club, you're getting drinks handed to you left and right all for free. Like how would you... And again, like if you're an addict, of course, it's you can't say no like that. It's just Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's mental. So it's I just I really like my hat kind of goes down to him just for being so authentic and real about his struggles and making it, you know, his his work to to try and help and encourage others, others life outside of it. And he's been open about his relapse as well. Like he he relapsed on the show or maybe like a couple of weeks before the show started filming and. He talks about how his, um, him and his wife had to sell their house because he had a gambling addiction once yeah. he got past the drugs and alcohol and they had to sell their house to like liquidate the cash or whatever. And um, it, it, it's so crazy. And then again, it, it goes back to the producers exploiting him. Like seriously, mm-hmm. you're, they were the adults here. He was a 19 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old, clearly struggling. And you're just watching it all unfold and just filming it. That's very sad. And like the pressure also, like if drugs and alcohol are your coping mechanism and you are thrust into the spotlight, you have the pressure to make an amazing TV show. It's based on literally your relationship with a girl. Like what a pressure to like stay together and like be a good partner and like all of these things. You are so young. You just moved out of your like parents' house to LA, which is like a really tough city probably to live in. And yeah, of course, you're going to just be stressed out and like reaching for something to like try to mitigate that. So yeah, it, it's really interesting. The other thing that Spencer is still alleging, speaking of the Jason of it all, is that Jason and Elsie had a sex tape mm-hmm. what do you think about that i'll die on this hill they 100 percent did and the, and, and the thing is like it, i think it was so scandalous at the time because she, again lauren was portrayed as such a good girl you know just the good girl always yeah. consistently through the laguna beach and the hill so it was so shocking to hear 
that, oh my God, this good girl, this like uh girl next door has a sex tape. And I think, I mean, people are going to do what they want in their like personal lives with their significant other. Like, I don't think sex tapes are necessarily that even like uncommon. No. I, it, yeah. It's like, it's really, bad. yeah, exactly. It's not a bad thing or it's not uncommon to hear about that. I think it's more of the fact that it was America's sweetheart kind of having this thrust into our face. And that was like around the time when it was like the Paris and the Kims of it all. Like it was much more, I mean, I guess it still is salacious, like mm-hmm. Pamela Anderson, uh, Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton. So it's like to loop Lauren Conrad, sweet Lauren Conrad into this group of women who have had sex tapes. It's like, it was so incomprehensible. It was one I'm, I'm certain it happened. I'm like, well, I can't be certain, but I'm almost positive it happened. And I think that was their business. And I've, read and listened to like interviews where Spencer has said, you know, we tried, Heidi tried vehemently for Lauren to get that video back because when Jason was in the throes of his addiction, like he was trying to sell it mm. for money. And so we were actually trying to help Lauren. And um, then she turns the tables and says, you know, saying that we made it up when in fact we were just trying to help her the whole time. So, I mean, I think there is definitely one and it's, it's a shame that it kind of had to fall on their shoulders, I think. What do you think? I mean, I think it was so fucked up that he that he did what he did. Yeah, 100%. Like, again, evil, evil man. But um, I don't know. I feel like I don't have an opinion on this because I still, again, like, I don't know all the facts. Or maybe I have all the facts, but I just, like, don't know what is true or not. Like, it makes sense to me that Jason would try to sell it, like, if he was, like, really desperado for money and stuff like that. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. But I also could see Spencer selling this type of story to the tabloids because, like, look what he did with Mary-Kate. Was it Mary-Kate or Ashley? Mary-Kate, yeah. Yeah, Mary-Kate. So it's like, I could also see that. So I honestly don't know who to believe, but I do think that there is like a sex tape. And you're right. Like, I feel like also now you and I are like, it's not that big of a deal. With like, even like, just like the popularity of like nude pics and stuff like that. I feel like we're just in a different stage. But I was like, when this came out in like 2003 or whatever that was like the biggest scandal you could ever have and now basically like so many like it's not it's still yeah you're right like salacious we still like talk about it but it's not as like shameful whereas like then it was like so shameful and you're right like all the sluts like Paris and Kim had sex tapes like couldn't be Lauren but yeah like but nowadays it's just like oh it's It's not a big deal. The big deal is people profiting off or using that content without people's consent that it's being shared or discussed or viewed or whatever. Like that's that's the fucked up part that I think about. But I still don't know who's innocent and who's guilty in all of this. But I don't know. It's just it's still so fascinating. I think like also the other thing that I think about is like Lauren... Yeah, like got the good girl edit on Laguna and for sure in the early days of the hills. And like, I think that, yeah, like there had to be almost like a foil and they... A foil, yeah, that's a good way to... Yeah, and like people just ended up in that position, like Kristen and Heidi and Spencer and stuff like that. And they need that for the shows. Like there always has to be the foil. But I think like, again, it's not so black and white. It's not like good versus evil, like the TV show wants us to think it is. Like, I feel like there's a lot more gray area that people maybe just don't discuss as much. Yeah. Yeah, I think 
that's a good point of like Lauren was the center of the show. And even today, there's no single reality show. I don't even think like just speaking in today's terms, but ever that I can think of, at least on the top of my head, where there's a narrator and then there's just the supporting characters. Like Lauren was a yes. star of the show. She was the one that had the voiceovers and the, and like there was, mm-hmm. if you think about The Bachelor, they have the ITMs, right? The interviews, ITMs meaning in the moments, and they can kind mm-hmm. of speak to their perspective as to what was happening in that event. Whereas with The Hills, Lauren was the only one narrating. There was no ITMs. There was like, and even The Hills New Beginnings, there were ITMs. There was Mm -hmm. no center person that that narrated the show. But of course, production was always going to be on Lauren's side. She was the reason the show even existed, um, which Mm -hmm. is why she was fighting for such a high, much higher salary than the rest of her counterparts was because she was like, I'm the center of this show. So that's just like another interesting kind of thing where I don't. I mean, can you think of any, can you, do you, is there any show that comes to your mind where you can think of there, it circulates around a single person and everyone else just supports that individual? So the one that comes to mind and like listeners, if you can think of one, DM us. Um, but the one that comes to mind is Siesta Key, which is ironic because it's an Adam DeVillo show, which everyone knows is the creator of Laguna Beach and The Hills. But I think in the first season of Siesta Key or maybe even the second season, it was like, say there was 10 episodes, Juliet narrated like three and everyone else had like one episode. But I think by now, which they're in like season, I think five, I think it's just Juliet. Oh, I didn't see. I don't watch Siesta Key, but everyone tells me it's everything of the sort and then I need to watch it you have to and there's a new season coming out and like everyone please go and watch it it's so fun it's and I feel like it just doesn't have the like fan base which is so weird because it is probably one of the closest shows to the hills obviously because of the creator but it's it's really really good tv so I I highly recommend you check it out my sister's obsessed. She's always like, you need to watch it. I can't believe you don't. It's very up my alley. I just need to slot it into the queue. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, this is the perfect time because there's a new season starting really soon. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention about? Oh, I think the the last thing I wanted to talk about with Spencer Pratt on TikTok is actually Heidi on TikTok because she has been eating raw livers and raw animal testicles on camera (laughs) I don't want to be judgy about like food because like I also know that like I'm from Canada you're in the states like I also know that there's probably lots of like cultures that eat like raw food that and like I don't want to be judgy I was just in Mexico and like I went to this little town and their like specialty was like fried brain tacos like cow brains and (laughs) and like I like I just don't want to be judgy like I'll try anything once but like her literally just holding a raw liver that's like glistening in the California sun Christy's gonna fucking bomb on on air no it's disturbing (laughs) It's disturbing, like, it's bloody, and I also, like, you just, I don't know, please don't eat a poor animal's balls, like, I just can't, like, I can't. I, I, first of all, you are such a sweetheart, you're a woke queen, the fact that you even, oh my god, stop. You're so funny, you're like, I don't want to, like, that's, I'm glad that you prefaced that. Totally, there are cultures that eat the whole of the animal. Like I'm Chinese, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. Like in our in, in China, people you know will make a soup out of liver. Like I, I I don't know. I it's fine. I'm not judging. I think that it's just I don't think that that's necessarily uh, hygienic. Not the right word. Is safe. 
like you have to kind of boil those. I'd imagine, I mean, I'm not an expert. I'd imagine you have to boil, boil like raw parts of the animal to reduce any like toxins or I'm thinking like mm. salmonella. I mean, people most often think <laughs> chicken, but like, you know, it's gross. Like I, I, when I saw your notes, someone at work also mentioned this to me literally yesterday. Like, have you watched Heidi's TikTok? Like you, you need to watch it. So I went on and it's, it's literally, like you said, it's like a glistening raw liver, like straight from the butcher counter where she got it. Like she didn't boil it. It, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm envisioning Rosemary's baby when like the devil is in her, um, in her spirit and she is craving like red meat. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. It's like really scary. No, There's a scene where she literally has a craving for like red meat and she's eating it raw. And it just reminded me, it's so disturbing. Bella Cullen vibes. Yeah, like (laughs) I don't know why she's doing it. Perhaps it's for fertility because I know she talked a lot about The Hills season two new beginnings where she was struggling to have another child. So perhaps that's the reason why, but it's very bizarre. And she's not, at least from the videos I saw, she's not giving much context into why she's having these different cravings so it's very weird and kind of disgusting but it's so weird and then of course it got picked up by like just jared or some other tabloid website and then spencer's retweeting it so it's just like why is this another like ploy for like fame and headlines or like are you actually interested in eating this glistening glistening (laughs) is such a right i know i know that's why i've said it like three times now like I literally have chills, a full body chills up my spine. Well, she's like, she's not even in like a kitchen or like sitting at a dining room table. She's literally on her like sun deck. She's on her balcony in her bedroom eating raw liver. No, it's, it's, it's It's so weird. It's just, yeah, yeah. But you're totally right. Like if you, yeah, if that was like in a dish, like sure i'll try it but like oh my god just boil it's just it like, just so you get the disgustingness out of it just at least if it's boiled i'll ch- I'm, i don't want to pass judgment i'm sure it's good if you like throw some seasoning on it but raw yes yes whole yes. other thing that i'm not willing to myself touch <laughs> me neither oh my god it was so gross okay let's think <laughs> quickly let's quickly pivot because i i can't like i'm gonna lose my lunch over here like real quick but some Really great news came out this week that Amanda Bynes has filed to end her nine-year conservatorship. So I'm sure like this maybe has been influenced by Brittany being successful in her conservatorship case. What do you think of this news? I was pretty shocked by it because I feel like we've, Amanda has been really quiet over the past like five or six years since her mental breakdown. And I mean, personally for me, I remember when all of that was unfolding and that's when Perez Hilton was like a huge like, that's where everyone got their news. At least that's where I got all my news. I was quite literally like, I remember in college refreshing Perez every every hour to see what was happening, what was unfolding next, because it just didn't stop. Like, and before this episode, I I did a little bit of research to try and remember like what happened. And there was just a sequence mm-hmm. of events that led to the conservatorship. Like she had multiple hit and runs like in LA, not just like in across, like maybe like a maybe a month period, there was like three different hit and runs. She was like, I think she had a possession of weed. She lit a driveway on fire. I remember she Mm -hmm. moved to New York and she threw a bong out her window, Mm -hmm. like from her like sixth floor apartment, like actually causing like a serious safety hazard for like those that could have potentially gotten hit by the bong. I remember she was posting super disturbing videos on Twitter. Like honestly, these are baked into my brain of her like I remember on her cell phone in the mirror, it was kind of like MySpace selfie-esque where like she's looking at herself and like twitching her face and she had really crazy makeup on and she had that like Marilyn Monroe. uh, Beauty mark. Beauty mark uh, earring. 
it was mm. so disturbing. I remember thinking, holy shit, she needs so much help. Like this is like a 5150 type thing. So I'm glad. I mean, it seems now since all that has unfolded and the conservatorship has been in place, it seems like she's been really quiet, whether that's a good or a bad thing. Like, I'm not sure. I'd imagine, I mean, she's not light, lighting any driveways on fire. So that's good. But it makes me wonder of like what her you know, one, what her diagnosis is, and two, whether the conservatorship is different from Britney's in the sense that maybe it's there to really help her. I guess I'm not entirely um, well-versed on what the uh, what terms and conditions are in her conservatorship. Does she have control over her own finances? Like, is she locked into her house like Britney was? Like, I don't know. Do you know? I, I guess I'm, I think my yeah. take is I'm not as quite sure whether conservatorship is as severe as Britney's, where like, I think Britney's was, she was truly like imprisoned and I don't think that was good at all. But is Amanda's, put into a place for a good reason or not because it seemed like she was so unwell yeah. that maybe it's could potentially be for a good reason but I don't know enough yeah you're right there's so many missing details that we don't have and like if you have some of these details like please fill us in but from my understanding you're right like she has access to her phone she attended school uh she graduated from FIDM a la Lauren and Heidi <laughs> uh in 2020 and I think the major difference is that her mom is the like conservator, but she has a good relationship with them and like a loving with her parents, a, a loving relationship. Whereas like Brittany obviously is like jail to, to all my family members. So I think that that is a difference that like, I think her mom is the conservator and like, it seems like she has her like best interests at heart, but like it did go on for nine years. Yeah, Wow. It's been so long so long so I I don't know because like I think the thing that I learned from Britney's conservatorship is like basically it's wild unless you like are really really ill to have these like really strict and invasive measures on you so I'm like how how is that any different but like I do think that there's like also key differences like she's still in contact with her parents and there's no like weird money shit going on and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I think you're right. The difference between I think Britney's and Amanda's is that Britney was fully working like a, like a monkey, like a quite literally yes, monkey yes. on her, uh, her residency in Vegas. She had like, you know, for years and, her, you know, the people of the conservatorship were still collecting from that, from that residency. Yes. There was a constant, like there was true money being transferred from Brittany to the conservatorship. Uh, whereas Amanda, I mean, for what I understand, I'm, I'm not sure she's really working. She hasn't had any mm-hmm. projects. So I'd imagine it's not like her mom is using her as a show monkey to then reap the profits from her daughter. Um, I'd imagine, yeah, to your point, conservatorships from my understanding is people that really don't have the mental faculties to care for themselves uh if they have children their children or their funds it seems like amanda she's in school she seems to have been working on her sobriety uh like you have in the notes she's she was engaged i don't think they're still together but she met someone in um aa and they were they were engaged to be married i don't know if that's still a thing one thing yeah. that actually is coming to mind is do you remember she came out she she'll have amanda will have instagrams and then she'll take them down and then she'll have an yes. and she'll take it down and she'll like post yeah. something and she'll take it down so it's it's very inconsistent what what she's up to but i remember that she had that picture that she was pregnant do you remember that sonogram she posted on insta no yeah so this was like I mean, if she really, truly had, in fact, been pregnant, she would have had the baby by now. But that's like something where it's, I mean, 
was she actually pregnant? Was yeah, she oh, could have lost the baby. She could have lost the baby. Yeah. I haven't heard anything since then. But I remember when yeah. she announced the the engagement. It's like I'm pregnant, and it's I don't know where I'm going with this. I think that yes, there's a huge difference in juxtaposition between Britney's and Amanda's when it comes to actual funds and how much this conservative conservative was was actually making whilst in the conservatorship. I hope I wish her the best. I think that she is so talented like she's yes. man is an oscar worthy film i'll say it yes mccann like i'll watch it and laugh my ass off like i'll be in tears because she's so damn talented and watching old videos of her when she was a little kid and all that like she was she was an icon she's so smart i think she is like my number one 2000s like Girl, like in the Hillary Duffs and the Lindsay Lohans and all of those, like Amanda Bynes might be out just because I feel like I relate to her. I, like I feel like I'm the funny girl. <laughs> like, You're so cute. Yeah. <laughs> like I just like related to her, like you know, like her like weird facial expressions that she would make, and like she'd be like always be doing like weird voices and like stuff like that. Like she was the quirky but like still desired like female lead. And I related to be the desired female, the main character. No, but like I, I just was like, oh, she's so fun. She's like not afraid to like make fun of herself or like do these like kind of, you know, like not embarrassing, but like these like this physical comedy and like all of this like really fun stuff in her films. And yeah, I think she's super talented. She is so good at acting and even if she doesn't come back to acting I just yeah want whatever she wants to do I'm just like fully in support of because I just I love her so much and it's weird because she was never as I don't know if this is even a right statement I didn't I never felt like she, she was as famous as Hillary or, or Lindsay yes and and it's bizarre because I feel like she was likely the most I actually am a huge fan of Lindsay I think Lindsay's actually a very talented actress me too her and Lindsay were head-to-head in terms of, like their acting chops and um it's sad because the, the the movie that we love so much she's a man which I feel is so beloved amongst everyone who's watched it she's quoted like saying that she went into a deep depression after mm-hmm. filming that movie because she like quote didn't like herself her appearance as a boy which is like mm. such a weird like I'm trying to unpack exactly what that means because it's like makeup and costumes and wigs like mm-hmm. it, it, she alludes to a lot of like her mental trauma coming back from filming that movie yeah uh, and it's just like it's 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 so strange I would love to kind of pick apart what what happened and then she I'm trying to think of the other film she was in it was easy a but she was more of like a a side of, character a side yeah. and then uh my favorite time. what a girl wants oh that like honestly might be my favorite film of all time so <laughs> good oh my gosh it's so it's, it's my ha- comfort film for sure and the guy was so damn cute what was his name? oh my god I loved him he was also in raise your voice Iconic <laughs> movie as well. Have you seen that TikTok when it's like Hillary Duff is singing? Yes, duh. Yes, my little sister and I literally like once a day, I'll be like, I will be like, uh, like. <laughs> it's like me and my 20 different personalities. Like, yeah. <laughs> like literally. Oh my god, it was like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and everyone like acting like she killed it. Like, wow. Yeah. So and it's like literally four different women's voices in that clip. Oh my god. 
it's so iconic. If you don't know what we're talking about, like, A, stop listening to this podcast right now. Watch Raise Your Voice. I will post the TikTok and the clip on my socials. It is literally so iconic. It's it's so good. And, like, the comments just send me people just, like, writing it. People on TikTok are so damn funny. Like, so funny. I, I love the internet so much for things like that. It's Me too. Like, I know TikTok's ruining my brain, but, like, it's also so funny. Like, I get so much out of it. It brings me it, – it's – it's you learn things. It makes you laugh. It's the it's yes. a safe place on the internet as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Mostly. Totally. Mostly, yeah. yes. Um, okay, well, I really hope that you choose Amanda Bynes for an ex knows all. I, I, I'm scared because there's so much dark history that I've read that's not necessarily been like confirmed, but it's one of those things where I'm like, obviously, I'm not nearly as famous to be on a Patreon, but if I had a Patreon, it would be a Patreon protected episode just because there's yeah. so much dark shit surrounding her. And yeah. I don't know what's real and what's not. I think, yeah. Okay, that's a really good point that I. We'll put this out there and then let's move on. But, like, you're totally right. She was on Nickelodeon. And there's been so much shit to come out of child stars on Nickelodeon. Um, And one of the, like, fucking creeps that Beyond the Blinds just did an episode on. Please, I'll link that in my episode show notes. Because I I really don't want to touch on it and, like, get into it. But they really did was on the Amanda show and then I think literally went to like what I like about you like followed her career and I just think of like these unprotected child stars that are put in these really dangerous situations with adult like men and it's really dark it really is dark and like it's people are like why did um all of these child stars have breakdowns when they like hit 20 it's like because they have been like possibly like abused and taken advantage of and exposed to drugs and stuff like that throughout their like whole childhood and stuff so it isn't developed let's, yet like yeah like let's support them not judge them mm-hmm. or like make fun of the fact that their breakdowns are like a product of the fact that they've potentially been abused by their followers and perhaps their family. Another thing I think about is like, you would think that their family would be so involved in the career where they wouldn't allow this to happen, but perhaps I'm not necessarily even, I'm not even pointing fingers at Amanda Bynes' family specifically, but like families in general that put their kids into these, like throw these kids into these shows. Are you not supervising? Where I guess, I think you just think, you assume it's safe because you're- You assume it's safe. It's safe, but you maybe they're turning a blind eye or they just choose to not want to get involved. Yeah, or they just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super, super sad. So, yeah, check out that episode on Beyond the Blinds. They do, like, a really good deep dive into, like, actually, like, court, like, proceedings and stuff like that. Okay, let's let's take a cleansing breath. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And let's move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. Christy, who are you nominating this week? So... This is pretty on brand for what we've been experiencing on the internet the past, I would say, month with the Kanye, Kim, Julia Fox of it all. So now that Julia Fox has been confirmed to be out of the picture, we are moving on to Kanye West's new relationship with Chaney Jones. 
And I guess them, I don't know too much about Chaney Jones, but what I can say and from what I've seen in terms of pictures on the internet is that she like is a Walmart version of Kim Kardashian. And you can't help but wonder where is Kanye finding these women? Why is he doing, why is he intentionally being photographed with these women? Like, listen, you're a celebrity. You can easily hide behind any wall that you want and no one could photograph you if you wanted. Like he is intentionally going out of his way to be photographed with various women and now the newest one Chaney Jones who's like I said a carbon copy of Kim Kardashian but like more of the Walmart version it's like (laughs) what you see online versus like what it looks like when you put it on like (laughs) that is that's it I'm just like Connie like why why is this a promotion for your new album are you trying to get Kim's attention in light of her new relationship with Pete like what is going on like do you have to be so petty to where you have to find her an uglier version of your ex-wife. Yeah, it's so weird because it's like, okay, like obviously you can have like a type, but this is like a replica. And it, I don't know, it's, there is something like dark-sided, I feel like going on with this. You brought up a really good point. Like Donda 2 is coming out like really soon, I think. And it's like on this weird, it's only being released on this like weird app or like this weird like Bluetooth player or something like that that's like so random and like do you think a lot of these kind of like PR like stunts are just to promote Donda 2? I've read that a lot of the lyrics that have been released for Donda 2 are specific like events that are now occurring in real time. It's as if Kanye is leading his life in parallel with the lyrics from his new upcoming album. So it makes me wonder like how much of these PR stunts are contrived and how much of it is Kanye being genuine. And it's it's so I sometimes get exhausted looking at what's going on with the Kardashians because there's always just so much happening. I mean, just because there's just so many of them that there's always new news. So sometimes I find myself getting overwhelmed and depleted and lethargic reading everything about them. So I try and say much, like say kind of a little, I create a distance between myself and Kardashian news just because it's just, it's often too much for me to, for me to ingest. But I, I think that it would be interesting to see like what percentage of Kanye's current actions are related to like legitimate, just what he wants versus what he's doing to promote. I don't know the line. I have no idea, but it's, it just seems exhausting, you know? Yeah, it is exhausting. Like I feel like there was like a six week run where on RTBB we just like cut for like literally only Kim and Kanye stuff because it's just, it is never ending. And you're right. There's so many times nowadays, like I feel like I'm getting so much more media literate with TikTok and, you know, these blind item podcasts that I listen to and like stuff like that, where it's just like pointing out these falsities and like just this, this fakeness of uh, Hollywood. But then there's a point where I'm just like, I also feel like I don't know anything at all. Like, especially when it comes to this, like, it's so weird. It's also weird that Reggie Bush is, his wife looks like Kim in, in like 2009 or whatever. So it's just weird that two of her exes, like, yeah, are dating slash married to someone that looks exactly like her. And like, is he with Cheney Jones or like, does she just like parade around with him to Craig's and stuff and then go home? Like, I don't know. It's so weird. And it just seems so quick after the Julia, like Julia Fox breakup. And also my other question is, 
like he still spends time with the kids. Like even at the Super Bowl, he was seen with with mm. Orban, I think, with Saint. So I think it's, yes. he's still very much in the kids' lives. And he, you know, he's recording an album. He's spending time with the kids. Like, how does he find the time to find these women? Like, I'd imagine he's telling his people to reach. Out. First of all, who even is she? I don't even don't know who she is. I don't know, and I didn't look. I didn't look it up. And I, my apologies. Like I just didn't. You know, I shut up. And I'm just like, how yeah. do you even find these people? And like, how does one go about? I'd love to know the logistics. How do you go about finding a date with these women that you are like now seen out and about with? Like, what is the process? Because it seems like you've got a lot. Like, it seems like you have some time on your hands, but I would imagine you don't because of like the divorce proceedings and you just bought a house across from the street from Kim's, it, Kim's and you're recording an album and you're also spending time with North and Zayden taking them to the Super Bowl. Like, where do you find the time and how does this happen? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. How do A-list celebs find their partners? Like, I know like B and C-list people are on like Raya and stuff like that. And I guess you just like slide into people's DMs or you just like get introduced to them at like parties or whatever but like how would someone like Kanye West meet a new partner I remember like this is kind of like what we were just talking about earlier on the episode with the hills but I remember the way Kristen Cavallari said she met Jay Cutler was like he, it was literally like his he told his his people like I need to go on a date with Kristen Cavallari invite her to my game like this coming date and we're gonna put her and her family in a box and I want to be introduced to her like I guess that's Wild. all it takes for you. And then like you know, her publicist was like, Jay Cutler wants to meet you. And I think she was, the reason she ended up taking the date was because her brother, which RIP super sad was like, cause he passed away, but he was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a big fan. Like, yeah, we should do it. So I, I'd imagine it's just people's people talking to the other person's people. But if Jeannie Jones is a nobody, whose people is Kanye talking to? <laughs> yes. You know? Okay, that literally sounds like Regency London and like Bridgerton vibes where it's like that you arrange to go to their parlor and like sit and have tea and their like parents are there and like you meet your like future boyfriend. Like, it's a setup. So- it's like an yeah. arranged marriage, but like an arranged like, date. That's so funny. Ugh. Well, Kanye West, you're our pretty weight champion of the week and honestly probably of of the foreseeable future. Like it's never honestly, ending. Honestly. Yeah, it's like I but I feel like it is kind of like a like isn't that kind of like what people do IRL when they break up with someone? It's like, oh, I'll just get like a partner that like will make you jealous and a new a new girlfriend to make you jealous and it's just like the same person. <laughs> 100%. I can, it's like it's like when you break up with somebody and then you want them to see that you're hanging out with other people and then you post it on your story. It's like they yeah. have another story, but to a much higher degree where they call tabloids and they get photographed. Yeah. Their yeah. Instagram story, you know? Yeah. Like oh, that's so stars, funny. they're just like us, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, this week in Petty, I have a Petty story that I want to get off of my chest. Let's hear it. Let's hear it okay, point. so this is kind of like, this isn't something that happened to me recently, even though I was talking about it with someone recently. But, you know, restaurants are reopening where I live. So people are starting to go out, try new places, you know, have a sit down meal, try a new restaurant that they haven't tried before. And one of my biggest pet peeves that I just have to have on air is... When someone goes to a restaurant and they don't know what to order, my sister did this like a few weeks ago and I like wanted to murder her like in the restaurant. But when the server comes and asks you what you want and 
<laughs> you just go like or like people go like is anything is anything good here like what would you recommend or like what's good on the menu like what do you suggest and that pisses me off so much because it's like food is so subjective you have such different tastes and like what is the the server gonna do be like everything's shit or like like oh I don't like anything here or like they'll be like oh like I like the burger and you're like oh I'm veg or something like that like it just it is the most random question I'm like just fucking pick something off the menu I could not agree more I like one of my best friends is literally just like that and it's I think it comes down to people that are indecisive and it it (laughs) because I am so decisive and I know exactly what I want and it bothers me when people waste my time that don't know. It's like, just pick. Like, just pick. No, I honestly feel that 120. I probably sound like a big bitch, but it's, I totally, me too, me I too. totally understand <laughs> what, what you're talking about here because I just, and also it's like every menu is generally the same. Like you have the burger, you have the yeah. salad, like just get, if, if all else fails, just get what you feel comfortable with. If you like a Caesar salad with salmon, get that. If you like the burger, yes. get that. Like, just yeah exactly food is very personal to everyone and if you ask the waiter what they like they could say i love the steak and you're like i don't like red meat like it just yes ask them it's so vague and it's like also it's like if you're just like oh what's good here it's like well are you in the mood for yeah a salad a soup uh like seafood like what are you in the mood for but i feel like especially and rowan my little sister you're probably not listening to this, but like, I feel like this is you every time we go out to eat. Like, she's just like, oh, what What would you recommend? It's like, well, they might have shit taste in food. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to ask that question, at least narrow it down for them. Like, I'm a big fan of, I'm going to get the white yes. wine. So I like, would like to pair a seafood. What seafood do you recommend? Like, narrow it yes. down. Yeah. Yes. And like, I've obviously asked those questions too. Like, I remember this summer I was, yeah, out for seafood. And I was like, I like like Pinot Grigio or like I like this like I, I I'm feeling like a rosé to go with this seafood like which one would you suggest like that makes sense but to, to just randomly be like is anything good here <laughs> like what do you recommend is just so fucking random and if this is you please stop <laughs> like if, you, if you're resonating with this story please do better yeah do better please just for all of us decisive people just do better seriously and like I can be indecisive too like sometimes I'm like oh should I get this like chicken wrap or should I get this like sandwich or whatever and like I feel like you could ask some like those specific questions but like when you just randomly ask like of a menu of like 30 things like oh what's good on this menu it's like and I feel like every single time I've been with my sister and she's done this the the server will be like oh I really like the steak and she'll be like oh no like I actually wanted a salad (laughs) Why did you fucking ask? Just lead it. Like, exactly how you're leading this podcast. You've done such a fantastic job. I'm like, you, oh, thank you don't you. even, like, you, you just kind of lead the topic. Just lead them in the direction that you want it to go. You know? 100%. Oh, my goodness. So, if that's you, learn from this. I feel like, okay, Christy, I feel like you and I are canceled after this episode. <laughs> like, the amount of Spencer support we gave and then – just absolutely shitting on people that ask like a kind of reasonable question we're gonna get canceled for sure like okay we yeah we're turning you guys off now sorry well like good thing you got to the end of the episode yes (laughs) thank you so much for coming on this was so much fun where can the listeners find you and anything else you want to plug 
so you can just find me on my podcast. It's at X knows all on Instagram and on the Apple podcast on Spotify. I don't have Twitter, but uh, yeah, right now, like I said, Selena, Hillary, call her daddy, Laguna beach, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley. Those are the episodes up so far. Um, they're quick and sweet. I usually like keep them like under 45. So if you're on a quick commute to work, you can go ahead and listen to them. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so much fun. My first collab. I'm honored. Oh my God. I love it. I'm <laughs> so, so glad. And you do solo podcasts, but like if you ever have a need a guest. I would once I, I need to figure out I'm how to invite myself on. You're the first person. I'm okay. mark my words, and if I'm not, you can find me and you know, help me down. But I I promise you will be my first guest. Okay. Once I figure out how to do it. Thank you. Yes, I can help you with that okay. part. Okay. okay, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Christy for joining me on today's episode. I want to add like two things because Spencer has updated his TikTok. There's more out there. So he talks about some of the techniques that they use in reality TV to convey their storyline and to make us believe what is happening is real. So he talked about a few different techniques and I just wanted to like quickly cover those. So he talked about the Chiron, which is a like imposed name introducing a character. It's usually on like the left bottom of the screen. So he talks about in an episode he's introduced as Spencer, Heidi's boyfriend. When they were casually dating, she was seeing other people, etc. But again, we see that and that just registers subconsciously. Oh, that's Heidi's boyfriend. Oh, wow. All of this behavior that he's doing is super shady. When if it just said Spencer, like Heidi's fling or nothing at all, and we knew the truth that they were casually dating and seeing other people, we wouldn't think it's shady that he was like, for example, hanging out with Audrina. And then he talked about frankenbiting, which TBH, sometimes I do in, in the podcast, but basically it's where a person says something and then you cut a bunch of sentences together to make a new sentence, basically. It happens all the time in The Bachelor. If you're a Bachelor fan, I highly recommend Charlene Joint's blog, All the Pretty Pandas. She talks about frankenbiting a lot and she actually pulls audio from The Bachelor episodes. I don't think she regularly posts anymore, but you could go through her archives about how they're frankenbitten and you can tell because the person's voice, the cadence is weird or the audio, one is louder and one is like not as loud, etc. So that is frankenbiting. You can also just like google it if you want more information the third thing is voiceovers so he depicts a scene where Heidi and Lauren are shopping Lauren says something and Heidi just says yay in return and he's like that was a voiceover because you didn't see Heidi's mouth move you didn't see her mouth form those words and then he said that once a week the Hills cast would go to a recording studio get a script from production of wild lines which are are, that's the technical term, I guess, for when you just say a bunch of stuff into a microphone, get it recorded, and then it's used for voiceovers, probably frankenbiting too. So, and he says it's like where they would set people up for failure or the takedown line or whatever. So I feel like people would be like, well, why didn't you know that? Well, if it's your first TV show and you're 20 years old and you don't know other people in the business, so you can't talk about it with other people, you're super new to this, the 
internet is not like it is now where I can Google Frankenbiting and know, like if I were to go on a show like The Bachelor, I would know when they hand me a script and ask me to repeat lines. Like I would know what that meant, but I just feel like, think about it, it's like 2006 or whatever, you're 20 you don't know people in the industry and none of these conversations about how reality TV is made are happening and the viewers aren't media literate like we are now still not to the best we could be but we're better are they're just watching and like eating everything up like it's the truth so yeah I thought that that was really interesting and then the last thing that he says is the cell phone conversations and I feel like this has been talked about a lot in especially the early reality tv days but where two characters would have a conversation with each other but they're in obviously they're in different locations they're on their phone but you can't see who they're talking to and they have like fucking flip phones and Spencer talks about two conversations in particular the one that he is apologizing to Lauren um before the wedding and then this one where Apparently he was talking to, he was talking to Audrina on the show, but apparently he was talking to Heidi. And basically, again, they just cut everything to make it sound like the conversation they want you to hear. So again, does this give him an out for all of his gross behavior? No, but I do think that we have to put all of his behaviors in this like sort of context, I guess. So yeah, I just wanted to update you all on that (laughs) that is it from me thank you again for listening thank you to christy for being my guest and thank you to nate for editing today's episode you can follow along with me on all socials at rtbp podcast i've got a lot going on nowadays and i just hope that you are safe and healthy out there as always i'm your host tori and i am ready to be petty see you soon bye